Good morning, Rock of Grace. Would you stand with us as we enter this uh, this season, this Christmas season? I, one thing I've loved as I've come to Rock of Grace is just how it just feels special here. Uh, so Pastor Jordan's going to be leading some songs this morning. Um, one thing I want to acknowledge is that as he's an awesome pastor, he's an awesome songwriter too. And a couple of the Christmas songs you hear this morning are songs that that he wrote. And so let's just uh, let's stand and worship I'll pay the you king that money this morning. Later. Yeah, and you can pay me later for that that plug for his Christmas album, which you can find on iTunes. And, uh... All right. Good morning. You guys doing good? Let's sing this. Day in flesh appears. 
take away everything we're supposed to be focusing on. And Jesus, today we say that you are our focus. You're the king. You're the king. Prodigals come home. The help is final. Love is on the move. Father's in the room, prison door swing wide, the dead come to life, love is on the move when the Father's in the room.
So I remember about uh, 10 years ago, it was on a Sunday morning, and this song just, uh, I read 2 Corinthians, we're actually going to read this verse today in, in the sermon, where it says, the light of the glory of God is seen in the face of Jesus. Can you just close your eyes and think about this for a minute? The light of the glory of God is seen in the face of Jesus. And it was Christmas time, like I said, it was just, it was just hit me like a ton of bricks that all of God's glory, just picture this, all of God's glory wrapped up in this little baby. And it wasn't just that he was bringing salvation to us, that's the big thing obviously, but that he was also putting his light in us to reveal his glory to others. And that's the heart of this song, so it's like a prayer.
glory of your face outshine everything. Oh, would you just fix your gaze upon him? Would you just fix your heart upon him? Because the glory of the presence is seen in the person of Jesus. The glory of the King of Kings. Oh, the glory of the King of Kings. Oh, the glory of the King of Kings. I'm just really hit with this idea of him being king right now. Would you just close your eyes, maybe lift up your hands and think about that idea. of a king who gave his everything for me oh come let us fall down and praise him oh come let us praise your name Jesus oh come Oh, come, let us proclaim. 
every child will come to know you. We prophesy goodness of the Lord every child will come to know you let's just think of that I just all of a sudden in my spirit I'm just thinking of that vision for our church that there is every child is adopted in this in Trumbull County just picture it this room and other campuses with families adopting and bringing in children. Every child will know you as king and every child will know you as king. Every child will have a home. Every child will have a home. Every child will know you as king. Every child wait on him right now in this season where everything is rushed got to decorate got to do all these things got to get stuff done got to get ready got to know the plans am I supposed to do this am I supposed to do this especially this season there's so many questions but here now we wait on you oh we wait on you in your presence I don't know what to do so I'll just praise your name. Oh, we wait on you in this upper room. Oh, we wait on you, the King of Kings. Oh, oh we wait on you here in this upper room. prophesy something this morning. If you don't know what prophesy means, to speak the word of the Lord, to speak his truth. 
And there's certain things that we can prophesy, that we can speak. We believe that God's desire and his will is for everyone to know him, amen? And so we can know, we can come into agreement, we can prophesy the goodness of God over this church body and over every child that's going to come into this, this, this place. We can prophesy the goodness of God over this nation, over this region. And we do that today, God. We come into line with, with your will and your word, not any other word, your word. You're the king, and you are good all the time in every season. You are a good father. You're the king of kings and lord of lords. You are holy and anointed, seated on the throne, the righteous one. You reign over my home. Can you just tell them that right? You reign over my home, king of kings and lord of lords, Jesus the Messiah. You are the king of my home. You are the king of my life. You are the king over my children, over my job, over all my finances. You are the king at Rock of Grace. You are the king over this nation. You are the king over the universe. You created it all. You're the almighty, the beginning and the end, the author of it all, the author and finisher of my faith. You are almighty God. And you are good, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Let's sing that again. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness Yeah. 
all my life you have been faithful and all my life you have been so so good oh, with every breath that i am able i will sing of the goodness of god before we close up I feel like God has a word for somebody in uh, Emily. That is Emily right out there, right? Yes. Um, that God, uh, I don't know, he's doing a new thing. This new, really awesome thing. And I think a lot of times, you know, there's been words spoken over you and they've been spoken over you. But, but many times not in public, like over everyone. And, and I think this is supposed to be like that you're shining bright and you're stepping into this season of shining and I, I don't know you're, I noticed you're sitting you're somewhere else usually from where I would see you and I feel like you're in this stepping into this new season where God's going to start using you and he's going to give you new new um, assets or things things to be able to he's just going to outpour things you're like man there's all these new things coming and there's these ways to do things that I've always dreamt of doing and God is going to anoint you literally anoint you with his spirit to shine and you're going to be like well how do I get the word out or how do I do this and God literally is going to shine before you like a giant headlight turning from like those old headlights to an LED giant light that like blinds you on the road and 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 he's going to anoint this you're already anointed but there's like a double portion coming I'm telling you can we just pray right now over father over over this family over Emily right now that this beacon of light that I see this new season coming of anointing of freshness of walking in new paths paths she's always wanted to go on but never to put her foot there God I, I see I see you going even on a trip somewhere, I don't know where, somewhere you've always wanted to go, and you're going to go on this trip, and you're going to find yourself in ministry positions, and God's going to put you in ministry positions in places that you never thought you would be, and it might not be like a, like an actual position of authority, he's just anointing you, he's literally anointing wherever you go, you're going to be put in places where he's giving you authority, and that light is going to be shining, Father, we thank you for that anointing, that authority, because it's all for your glory, we thank you for this woman who has seen your goodness through her whole life and has walked in your goodness and now we're seeing a double portion of goodness coming and that is an awesome thing to be thankful for Jesus and we worship you and give you all the glory because I know she will give you every bit of the glory for everything you do in Jesus name amen God says he's working all things together for good. All things. He's not holding anything back. And right now in this place, all things. Hmm. I thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. That you've already set the standard. You've already crushed the enemy. That he comes before you amounting to nothing. And so we stand with you this morning. All those in agreement, would you just say amen? Amen, amen, amen. You know, somebody shared with me a little bit ago, just, man, sometimes we lose this place of our own authority. Like Jesus gave his kingdom to us. 
He said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me to bind things up, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set captives free. And uh, God is just saying, man, if you, if you, if we could only get what he has for us and just release it. So I thank you that you're here this morning. I thank you that we can chase the Lord together. I thank you that he is so good in this place. Amen? Amen? Yeah, yeah. I, I do want to say, um, I just recognize there's so many people at home right now that feel like they're, they're disconnected. And God's saying, you know, as we come into this Christmas season, he said, I'm leaving heaven to find you this morning. I'm coming after you this morning. And you can't get far enough away from him. You can't get far enough away. He's always with us. He's always chasing us. So praise the Lord. I have a few quick announcements this morning uh, just to keep you guys on track with what's coming up. Miss Christine is amazing. If you didn't know that, yeah, yeah. So Miss Christine said, hey, we can't really do too much in this season because every, everything's closing down. We're shutting things off. But she said, no, um, actually, I'm still going to have this amazing event. So if you want to sign up, there's a Christmas family car ride scavenger hunt. Now, this is going to be incredible because you get to hang out with your family, run around all over town, getting scavenger, uh, go to different places, get prizes, move on to the next place, but you get to do it with your family, and it keeps everybody safe, and we still get to have fun together. And so if you want to be a part of this, she asks that you please RSVP. You can do that by going to rockofgrace.org by the 10th, which I believe is Friday, and then this event is on the 17th. So please go to rockofgrace.org, sign up for that. Also coming up, Christmas Eve services will be here and also Cortland, same time. Cortland, same time, 3.30 and 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve. Please be a part of that. It's always a beautiful time. Youth group meets every Wednesday night at 6.30. And is there anything else I need to know? You guys are well informed. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. Give it up for Pastor Ben. Actually, Pastor Ben, could you help? Yeah, could you grab that pulpit? Mick couldn't make it today. And uh, Mick is like, have you ever heard the, the phrase, the scripture where Jesus said, the servant of all, right? Least, of you, least among you or the greatest among you is the servant of all. Is that it, Pastor Ed? Help me out, brother. Greatest among you, servant of all. Okay. Give it up for Ray and Ben, the servant of all, filling in for Mick, the servant of all. Um, of course, you, uh, as we receive our offering and prepare to do that, um, as always, you can give online uh, using our mobile app. Actually, our mobile app got an upgrade this week. And so the notes section, um, you can actually type in, like, fill in the blanks now. And it's a little easier to email your sermon notes to someone. And so when you go to use them at Life Group or, or uh, send them to a friend. So go to the App Store and just search Rock of Grace. It'll come right up. You guys doing good? Oh, man, today's a good day. How many of you guys excited about one service? I'm excited about that. You guys, I'm telling you, this has been, has 2020 been a roller coaster or what? We get up to 240 people. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you don't need to spread out two services, and then we're back down. So that's okay, though. God is good, and many of you are tuning in online. And as the, uh, when you go to give today, uh, again, we're going to go to the mercy box. Steve, could you wave at him, Usher Steve? Everybody say hi, Usher Steve. He will make sure that uh, you, you see that box there on your way out. That's uh, how we're dropping in our offerings if you're doing it by uh, tangible, um, and then uh, text to give. So let's pray over our offering. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your just meeting us here, Lord. I, I still, after all these years, have a hard time explaining how it is that you meet us. Lord, we know you're already here. We know your spirit is in us, but there is something powerful 
when we sing together. Lord, we see it in Second Chronicles 5. God, we see it every time people are gathered in a place dedicated to you. God, your glory fills the temple. And God, so we don't take that for granted. We celebrate that. And we thank you for your presence today. Thank you for every person who is faithfully giving God and their tithes and offerings. And, and I just ask that you uh, bless them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, yeah, watch this video. of you are thankful for this Christmas season where we celebrate his birth. It is good news. That's the sermon series for the month. It's good news. How many have already received and believed the good news of Jesus? Amen? Evie, I see that hand back there. I see you. She went two hands up. She's ready. Um, hey, Kathy reminded me that these devotionals are really good. They're short and sweet. So if you want something to go through with your, with your family and your kiddos, I know Christine always has stuff, but these are great. Those are going to be at the doors on your way out, the peace and the promise of Christmas. So the Lord put on my heart Isaiah 9, 6. So we're going to put up this scripture. And I felt very simply that God's going to ask us this month to look at each of these lines and focus on each line. So today, we're going to focus on the first one. But maybe can we all read this together out loud? I love when we do that. Can we do that? Here we go. Unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. One of my favorite scriptures. Uh, talking about the beauty of Jesus like we do often here. And we're going to talk about him uh, in the role of son, being the son of God given to us. So let's look at this first line. Unto us a child is born, a son is given. And as I was studying um, this week, I noticed that there's actually a lot of places where that verbiage is used. Even the shepherds worded it that way. A son is born... I'm sorry, a child is born, a son is given. A son is given. The son already existed. Think about that. Think about that. Jesus already existed in heaven. I love what this commentator, uh, or I'm sorry, com commentary Henry uh, said. Mark how the two verbs differ from one another. A child is born, a son is given. So though born of the father, yet he is not born, but given to us. As the Son is not for our sake, but we are for the Son's. For indeed, he being born before us, the maker of all things created, nor is he now brought to life for the first time, who was always and was in the beginning. On the other hand, that which is before time is born to us. Again, we find it recorded that the angel, and when he spoke to these shepherds, said he had been born 
Who is this day born to us a Savior, who is Christ the Lord in the city of David? To us then was born that which was not before, a child of the Virgin Mary. For this was made after man was created. God was before us. If I could summarize all of that lingo like that. God, can you just say it with me? God was before us. Jesus was before, he existed in heaven. I remember, I think it was two Christmases ago, my sister and I, Jesse, were talking about this, and it was one of those moments where you just, you know, have you ever seen kids do this? Right? Just was blowing our minds that Jesus, the Son, is in heaven, and the Father asks him to go, and he agrees to go. And not only agrees, but to be born as an infant, humbling himself. Now, as I was thinking about the authority that Jesus had, I had a bunch of these scriptures typed out, and I realized I would keep you here till 2 p.m., so everybody go ahead and say thank you that I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to give you the references, and they're in the mobile app. They're in the Rock of Grace app. Matthew 26, 53, Matthew 28, 18, John 1 through 4, Colossians 1, 16, Hebrews 1, 3. All of these scriptures point to Jesus' supreme authority. Come on, say supreme authority. Before all things. Bill, before your beautiful face entered the earth, Jesus was there. And despite his rightful position, he humbled himself, born as a man. I want to think about this idea of Jesus being the son. Again, the son. That's, what, that's our whole focus today. And you, I know you already hear me preach about this a lot, that Jesus is the perfect picture of the father. But it was again hitting me as I was noting how he worded so many things. Turn in your Bibles to John 12, verse 49. John 12, 49. If you got it, say got it. I see most of you are lazy. You're just looking at the screen. You're cheating. I see you cheating, Paul. He's like, got it. He's just staring at the screen. That's okay. John 12, 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say, what to speak. I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. Do you see how clear that is? Jesus knows who he is. In fact, if you remember what we talked about about a month ago, when we talked about the core issue of your life is that you know who God is and you know who you are, but you can't know who you are till you know who God is. And Jesus knew who he was because he knew the Father, and he knew he was a son of the Father. He knew he is the only begotten son. That's his identity. Therefore, all insecurities go away. Craig, Elijah, Bob, all insecurities go away because now I know who I am because I know who the Father is. I know what the Father says about me. One of the most powerful truths you can get into your spirit. All right, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. I just want you to put a Bible marker there or, your, um, or, or mark it. That I want you to read that later. It talks about the same idea of his authority and who he is and how he submitted himself to the Father. It blows my mind that he is before all things, has all authority. 
But he humbled himself not to come as a 12-year-old, not a 5-year-old, but an infant. Just think about that. An infant. So let's talk about that moment. Matthew 1, verse 17. I know we often look at the book of Luke, but I want to look at Matthew because something about this timeline was really hitting me this year. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. From the deportation to Babylon to Christ, 14 generations. By the way, do you think that's coincidence? I said, do you think that's coincidence? How many know God has all things already worked out? Blows my mind when I see something in Scripture. Have, have you guys ever heard um, Chuck, uh, Emily, what's your favorite teacher? You call him Chucky, but his name's not Chucky, but she has this weird nickname for him, Chucky. But it's Chuck Missler. Chuck Missler. Oh, my goodness. You, you listen to this guy. He's brilliant. Have you ever talked to someone and you feel actually dumber when they talk because he's just so brilliant? And I'm just like. But you will grow. You'll learn a lot when you listen to Chuck Missler. He talks about this idea of these timelines, years, even to the day, how many prophecies Jesus fulfilled. And I want you to know it's not coincidence. It's not an accident when Jesus came. It's not a coincidence that the star, that even the galaxies, that the heavens themselves had it all lined up. How many know it's not a coincidence? Jesus knows what he's doing. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being just a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, he didn't want to embarrass her, he resolved to divorce her quietly. So he didn't want to embarrass her, but at the same time, he just felt like, oh my gosh, did my, did my fiancé cheat on me? Like, he is just blown away by this idea that she's pregnant, Right? That she's pregnant, he, he, he knows he's, he's not the father. This is mind-blowing to him. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. Oh, I love that line, son of David. You know what the blind man called out to Jesus when he entered town? Son of David. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. Everybody say son. And you shall call his name Jesus. Oh, I feel the presence of God up here really strong right now. You shall call him Jesus. Everybody just say Jesus. I could just say the name Jesus for the next 20 minutes. There's, that's a name above every name. You know the name Jesus is above the name Corona. Can I just say that? I want to say the name Jesus is above the name Corona. And if you started talking about Jesus more than you started talking about Corona, I'm going to get off my sermon. All right. I'm going to get back. I'm just saying you will live in what you talk about. All right. He will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. There it is again. Everybody say son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. Oh, is that beautiful? God with us. I just had the weirdest illustration hit me. Ray, imagine we're out on the basketball court, okay? And LeBron walks up. I'd be like, LeBron with us. Come on. You know? 
I'd be like, you? You're on my team. You know what I'm saying? You see someone who's a great player, you'd be like, you're on my team, please. I beg you. God in heaven with us. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe that? Right there in your house, right there in your living room, right there in your bedroom, God is now with you. You're not alone. You're not alone. Emmanuel. When Joseph woke up from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He better have, right? An angel showed up to me. I'd do what he said. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Amazing. So what is it that makes it good news? Well, let's go back to that line. It says, he will save his people from their sins. And something we say often here, and I want you to hear it again loud and clear, is that before you and I can ever be right with God, before you and I can ever have peace in here, the real us right here, we have to acknowledge that we are sinners. We have to acknowledge that we are broken and in need of a Savior. Amen? If you're listening online, I want you to hear me. You have to acknowledge that you're in need of a Savior. So Jesus is the perfect representation of God. And this is good news because God's Son is with us. God's Son as one of us. God's Son as human. God as human. Son of God, Son of Man, coming to take the sins of man, coming to take our place. I love the way the, uh, the Bible Project puts it, puts it often, is that he's the new human. He came down, and this is what Paul teaches a lot in Corinthians. He came down to do what we could not do. Amen? Pastor Ed pointed out this last week that, that Jesus shows us what God is like, and it was this claim to be the Son of God that got him killed, Right? Pharisees were mad. The Pharisees were annoyed that they're taking, that Jesus is taking their fans. But they're really put over the edge when he claims to be the Son of God. When he claims to be the Son of God. So Jesus makes his identity fully known. Turn in your Bibles to John 10, one of my favorite books or uh, chapters, John 10. Turn to verse 27. Craig, could you hand me that water right there, please? Thank you so much. Give it up for Craig, the fourth servant of all today. We love you, Craig. Come on, how many love Craig in this place? Hey, I want to let you know, come here. I'm, listen, I'm about to cry when I think about you because this is the guy that when we get a winter storm, you guys don't know, oh, man, the sidewalks are shoveled. That wasn't Gabriel the angel, okay? That was Craig. You know what I'm saying? Can you give Craig a standing ovation right now? I want to see a standing ovation because he serves you constantly. And we love you. We love you, man. When we need communion, guess who's preparing it? Craig. You know, I've always said we're going to enter heaven one day and it's going to be like the person, it's going to be, Craig's going to have like this fat crown. I'm going to be like, look at this little dinky crown I got. And Craig's over there with this massive crown laying it before Jesus because he's the servant. All right. Anyway, God's son. He called himself God's son. Look at this, John 10. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. Are you excited about that? No one will snatch them out of my hand. Yeah. 
No one will snatch them out of my hand. This is why one of the first things I felt the Lord put in my heart when I became pastor here is to make sure you understand that your salvation is not like walking this tightrope. Like you have a bad day and God's just going to change his mind on his love for you. You have a temptation. You have something. You have an altercation with your boss. And you know what? Maybe I'm not saved. As if your performance guarantees your salvation. Right? Paul said, who bewitched you that you enter this thing called grace and then you work it out with works? No, grace. It's grace, grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. It's grace that sustains you and keeps you right with God. Look at this. The Jews picked up stones to stone him. Imagine. Rocks in their hand, ready to hurl at Jesus. And he answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. There it is again. For which of them are you going to stone me? Pastor, Pastor Ed, I love how Jesus always traps them with a question. And don't you love how when they ask Jesus questions, he always re- re- responds with a question? I'm going to start doing that to my wife. I just realized that. I'm, I, I don't know what's going on with me today. I'm a, little more, I'm a little more distracted. I feel like when my wife's like, do you think the clothes are done? I'm going to be like, do you think they're done? I don't know. Come on, you know? Because you know how women do that? I, I, can, I just, can we just laugh for a second? Are you guys okay with laughing? My wife asks me questions all the time. Do you think the dishes are done? And I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm being trapped right now. I know I'm being trapped. I think, did you hear a ding? Do you believe they're done? Has the Father revealed to you that they are done? Shall we consider all the options that they could be done? Therefore, you or I could go unload the dishwasher. You or I, really. Have thou received a revelation that they are indeed done? Uh, you see what I'm gonna, I'm just going to start hitting it with questions, right? I'm just going to get it right back. Okay, anyway, all right. I love how Jesus does that. Because he's doing miracles. He's forgiving people. He's restoring families, right? The, guy, the guy's broken and he can't walk. He lifts him up. And what does he say? Go home to your father. He's restoring all of these good things. And he says, so what's the charge against me? For what law are you going to stone me? And how many, how many know he escaped? Right? The Jews answered him, it's not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you are just a man. You, being a man, make yourself God. And Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law, I said, you are God's? Isn't this tricky? Isn't this interesting when Jesus quotes back to them from the Torah? Just to mess with them. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him who the Father consecrated and sent into the world that you are blaspheming because I said I'm the Son of God? If I'm not doing the works of my Father, then don't believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Again, they tried to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. So Jesus' response to their accusation of blasphemy, of anger, of ridicule, was to quote them was to quote the very Torah that they recite all the time in the temple. Because, see, they were blinded by their religion. By the way, religion will always blind you. You say, I know the rules. I know what religion says. I know what I've always heard. That can sometimes blind you, and Jesus is right in your face. 
The love of God is right in your face. The person of God is right in your face. So God shows you. God shows Mary. You see, the good news is not just that he came, but who he came to. God shows Mary, a young girl with no fame. And I'm going to use a joke I made last year. He came to just an average Joe. Did you see how I did that? Wasn't that awesome? It's Joseph. Ed, that one was pathetic, wasn't it? It was funnier in my head. That was like a church sign joke. Have you guys ever seen those church? Okay, anyway, those are bad. God chose you to be here today. And if you're listening online, God chose you. It's not coincidence you're tuning in right now. It's not coincidence you're hearing the gospel again in the lens of the birth of Jesus. Luke 19.10, Jesus speaking of himself, the son of man came to seek and save that which was lost. So what was lost? His creation, his prized possession, his workmanship of you, you being lost. Look, turn to your neighbor, turn to your wife or whoever that random person is there and say you. Because you were lost. Now we could preach a whole two or three sermon series on that which was lost. That which was lost, because it wasn't just you that was lost. Right? It was walking in healing. It was walking in the ways of God. It was on earth as it is in heaven. It was all of that was lost. The Garden of Eden, peace, all of that was lost. And Jesus came to restore it. So much had been lost, but God chose to intervene with mankind again. So when did God intervene? I just wrote down a few, a few highlights from Scripture, right? God intervened and spoke to Abraham. Listen, beginning with you, I'm going to create a new people completely dedicated to me. Your family is going to be as, as numerous as the uh, shore, sand on the shore, right? God had his hand on his people. God raised up Joseph as a type of Christ. Joseph saved the entire land from famine and death through his faithfulness. Joseph, like Jesus, as a type of Christ, again, was falsely accused, but stayed faithful. And in his faithfulness, rise to the second highest position of the land, given all authority, seated only at the right hand. Does that sound like Jesus? Right? God intervened. Moses has this encounter with God and gets his assignment. Set my people free. As you know, Moses steps out in faith and does it with as little as a staff. God anoints David to be the new king. And then scripture says, we just read it, 14 generations from Abraham till young David. Young David remains a king, a man of integrity and honor. He's faithful to do all that he does. He's a type of Christ in so many ways. I'm going to give you just two ways. Because he won all of his battles. How many know Jesus has not lost a battle? Take your battle to Jesus. He's really good at winning them. Come on. He's like King David. He wins them all. And Jesus comes from the city of David, and he's prophesied as the son of David. Wow. 14 generations. God came to us, and he loves to step into the lives of people. He loves to step into humanity and say, I'm going to mess with everything that they hold valuable right now. I'm just going to mess with them right now. Everything that they think is normal, I'm just going to step in and show them what healing looks like. I'm going to step in and show them what compassion looks like. They're all judgmental and mad at each other right now. I'm just going to step in and show them. Good thing, man, I am almost 40. I should not do that anymore. All right. I felt it right here, right here. All right. 
God came to us. Man, I have not been exercising. I just pulled something. If you guys see me lean on the pulpit, it is not the anointing. I'm just going to lean. Something right here below my back. I'll just say that. All right. But then there was silence, right? Nothing. God's people knew there was a promised Messiah, but it seemed like the intervention stopped. The prophet stopped speaking. Everything was quiet, and then suddenly a small, quiet voice of a baby. What? Pastor Jordan, you're kidding, right? Was there like another plan? I mean, he's God. We just talked about all authority. He's sent from the Father. He has the signet ring. He's got the coat. He's got the anointing, the, the, the role as all creator. He's the one who spoke the earth into existence, Ephesians says. And then he comes as an infant. Wow. I was reading this book this last week, and I love what the author pointed out. She quoted a Swiss theologian named Hans Balthazar, captured an image that's both beautiful and biblical. It's a metaphor that is natural but also supernatural. He says, after a mother has smiled at her child for many days and weeks, she finally receives her child's smile in response. How many of you have ever seen that? How many of you have been a parent or a grandparent, Right? How beautiful is it when you're smiling, hey, honey, right? And you know, you know, at first they're just looking at you like, you know, who are you, right? <laughs> who are you? Where's my hot tub, you know? Get as a hot tub. It's like a womb. Anyway, all right. So they're just like staring at you. But then after all the smiling and after all the love, what do they do? Smile back. I love what he says about this. God interprets himself to man in the same way. He radiates love, which kindles the light of love in the heart of man. It's precisely this light that allows man to perceive this absolute love. For it is God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, who has shone in our heart to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Have you guys ever seen, I love how, this is one of the beautiful things about social media. I know there's some negative things about it, but one of the most beautiful things is the number of parents who will post that picture of mom first holding the baby. Have you guys ever seen that? There's like sweat everywhere, right? They're just like looking like, they're like so worn out, but they're like, you know, have you guys ever seen that? It's beautiful. I saw one about a month ago and I teared up like a kid at a Disney movie. I did. I just, I just, it was just like, wow, because that love, you know what I'm talking about? Have any of you guys seen that? How many of you husbands have seen that in your wife? Right? She holds, she holds the baby, and you just, like her whole face just becomes something beautiful, right? Because she's so overwhelmed at this little baby. Now, think about that. When the baby smiles back, that's like us responding back to God. How? As his children. And this is what I want to, this is how I want to land this today. I want you to hear me. The Son of God came to make brothers and sisters. 
The Son of God came to adopt you and I. This is why it's so beautiful. I just realized now, this is so cool how God's tying last week's message to, to, to today's, or the week, I'm sorry, that, that Ed had preached. Our Father. Can everybody just say those two beautiful words with me? Our Father. Jesus came as the Son of God. Why? To save us from our sins and to make us children of God. It's so simple, but so profound. And I want to tell you something. If you're listening online or if you're here in person today, I want you to hear me. You do not know who you are until you get your father's smile. You don't know what life is even for until you get your Abba Father's smile. Until you realize he's smiling at you. I feel like just going off script for a minute because I want to tell you, a lot of people think God is mad at them and God doesn't want them. That God has forgotten them. How many of you were maybe in that place in your life before? How many of you know somebody where you know they think God is just out to get them? God's mad at them. God doesn't want them. It's one of the biggest lies Satan gives you. But I want to tell you something. God is like that mother. God's like that son. Right? God's like that father, I'm sorry, who just holds his child, throws his child up and loves his child. How many of you dads do that and then your wives kind of yell at you too high? You know, that's what he's done. It. He's like, that's how he got so tall, actually. You threw him up so many times. You know, he's like seven foot tall now. You just kept throwing him. Right? This is why it's good news. Because he takes you and I, enemies of the cross, he says, hey, guys, I came from the father as a son, and I'm making you a son and a daughter. Wow. Oh, my gosh, I'm only halfway through my sermon. Lord, help me. You guys got 10 more minutes in you? All right. Just as no child can be awakened to love without being loved, so, too, no human heart can come to an understanding of God without the free gift of grace in the image of the Son. You can't come into grace without looking upon Jesus. You can get an explanation of church. You can get an explanation of church history. You can be told about a sanctuary. Oh, you know, there's a lot of people come down there. There's Christmas lights and Christmas trees, and they sing some songs. And you can come, and you can actually say, yeah, I kind of like the music, and never get regenerated, never get born again in here until you look upon the sun. Jesus is going to save you. I'm not going to save you. Ray's not going to save you. Pastor Ed's not going to save you. Jesus. Can everybody say Jesus? The Son of God came to make more sons and daughters. Guys, this whole adoption journey has really wrecked me and Danielle, and there's been many mornings when I'm, I'm holding Lucas and thinking, if we get to adopt him, how cool that will be. And if he goes back to his mom and she's recovered, how cool that will be. But I just can't, I, God keeps showing me my love for this little baby that's not my baby. I don't get it. It's a miracle. Now, how much more does God say, I love you? Nicole, I love you. I know your name. Tammy, I love you. I know your name. I know your middle name. I know your personality. 
Mason, I love you. I know you. I know your middle name. I know what each of your names stands for. You see, God knows your name. God knows everything about you. And he came to restore you to relationship with the Father. Every just say the Father. I just feel like I have a, a prophetic word for, for your son. What, I know I know you because I know there's five or six kids, but can you help me out one more time with Jaden? Jaden, I just glanced over there and I just saw you with little kids in your future. And I just want to pray about that real quick and ask God to speak. Can you just reach your hands towards Jaden? Jaden, Pied Piper. Pied Piper. I don't even know what that means, but I think it means a guy who had a lot of kids traveling behind him and loved him and, and followed the, his tune. I see you in some sort of children's ministry, and I'm not saying you're going to go in children's ministry. I'm just saying children are going to flock to you, and they love you, and whatever tune it is that you're whistling will become their song. Your song will become their song. Your joy of the Lord will become their joy of the Lord. Your joy in life will become their joy in life. I see sad children having joy. I see sad children. I see 10, 30, 40 of them following you, being filled with joy as you love them, as you hold them. It is going to be a beautiful thing. I don't know how. I don't know if this is in your nine to five or if this is in a vocational ministry. I don't know. But I just know that there are children that you are going to bless. You're going to say, I bless you. You're going to say, I bless you. You're going to prophesy over them, Jaden. You're going to say, may his favor shine upon you. You're going to prophesy the goodness and the glory of God upon children, and their destiny is going to change. Their disposition is going to change. Everything about them is going to change. They're going to come from broken, and they're going to be whole because they're going to say, no, but Jaden, Jaden. When I'm around Jaden, I have joy. God, thank you for this call in his life. What a beautiful call. What a beautiful ministry to children, Lord. We pray that you would keep Jaden's uh, just his heart, Lord, always bent towards you, and that he would step into that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, would you stand up to your feet? I want to close with this idea. Jesus came like no one expected, right? Jesus came not just to people who were not expected, but like no one expected, he could have come like Napoleon. He could have come like a general. He could have come like a Roman soldier, a politician. He could have come, think about this, like a rabbi. Wouldn't that make sense? A Jewish rabbi who's very brilliant and, you know, just a scholar. And he, and he, and he just shows up one day and everybody kind of just knows. They don't even ask where he's from. They just know he's the, he's the rabbi that teaches at the synagogue. But no, he comes as a baby born into a carpenter's home and he learned to work with his hands and build tables. I love that scene in The Passion where he makes the chairs and the tables and his mom's like, nobody's ever going to want that. Right? Think about that. He built stuff with his hands. He was a tangible human coming to be the new human. To show you what it means to love God. 
and to serve him, to show you what it means to never be in a hurry, to walk in the peace of God. That's who Jesus is. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Do you know Jesus is lacking nothing? Jesus is lacking nothing. I want you to hear me right now. Some of you feel like, I, you know, I don't know, this problem's probably too big for God. Maybe you've not said it like that, but it's almost like you're thinking that way. No problem is too big for God. I want to say that again. There is no sickness. There is no problem. There's no financial hole. There's no problem too big for God. Jesus came full of grace and truth. All the grace you need to be forgiven and to walk in newness and all the truth you need to renew your mind, to start thinking correctly and thinking how God wants you to think. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me? I want to give an opportunity for anybody who's in the service today or if you're in the service online, tuning in online, to accept Jesus as the Son of God. So now you know the good news. The question is, do you believe the good news? And if you're a teenager, if you're 11 or 12 years old or 13 years old, I'm not asking, do your parents believe the good news? You see, you're just now getting old enough. You're just now getting old enough to be asked, do you believe the good news? Do you believe that you have sin in your heart that needs forgiven? Do you understand the incredible price the Father paid to send Jesus to die? He had to watch his son die. He had to watch his son die on a cross so that you could believe. What are you doing with that opportunity? He paid the ultimate price so that you could be a brother or a sister of Jesus. What are you doing with that truth? Have you believed it and are you walking in it? And if you say, today's the day, I need to receive it as truth for me. I need to become a brother or sister of Jesus. I want you to raise your hand nice and high. And if you're at home, I really sense in my spirit someone at home is giving their life to Jesus right now. In fact, I just want to say prophetically, I see a woman in your like 40s or 50s. I want to say you're in your 40s. And you are, are feeling God moving in your heart right now. And you're at home and you're listening. And I want to tell you, man, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that you could have eternal life. If you want to accept him as Lord and Savior, repeat this prayer with me today. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you a broken person. I don't have all the answers. When I go my own way, I make a mess of things. Please forgive me. Every time I've sinned, every time I failed, I don't know what to do. I need grace. I need you to give me what I don't deserve. I need you to forgive me. Make me part of your family, God. 
Adopt me in. Give me a seat at the table today. I receive your love. I choose to follow you, Jesus, to hang on your every word. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. You know, I think it's so cool that um, that today Will ended worship with just kind of feeling prompted by the Spirit about our mission to transform Trumbull and that every child have a home. And I doubt he knew I was preaching from, did you know I was preaching from this concept right now? That God wants every child to be his in heaven forever. But do you know God wants literally every child in this county to know his love? Can I say it again? Can Actually, can we all say, say every child. Every child. You know what's cool? I had a moment a few weeks ago where a pastor, he, he said, every child, he looked at me like it, like it was impossible. I said, yup, that means your church has to get involved. <laughs> He's like, every child. I'm going to believe the body of Christ is big enough to actually do the work of God, right? And to see every child loved and taken into the family. I bless you today. I bless you with a heart that searches after God. I bless you with an amazing Christmas season and perfect peace and total health. May every virus not find its way into your home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you guys.